I'm Danielle Laporte, and essentially, this is a one-woman show about self-realization called With Love, Danielle. I'll be talking about compassion, self-help fatigue, sex, joy, serving the world. This is about a spirituality that's way more rock and roll than it is oppressive. I am not into making grand motivational promises, but I can commit to showing up as fully, sincerely, authentically as possible with the intention of really alleviating suffering and amplifying joy just for starters. It's about doing everything I can to help all of us feel a little less crazy, a lot more full of possibility, and clearly part of the solution. Hello, my loves. Shall we talk about the moon? Let's talk about the moon. You may have noticed in my online presence that I do group meditations on the full moon and the new moon. That is not because I'm out to like worship or adore the moon. It's not because I regard the moon as the divine feminine energy. It's none of that at all. We meditate at those particular times of the month in order to get in sync with the energies of that time of the month. And when the moon is new, so let me explain about new moons and dark of the moon. The two days that happen before a new moon are called dark of the moon, also called the Kalika moon or the Kali moon. And that is when you know, symbolically, there's the least amount of light in the sky. My experiences, those are the days when I feel the most guilt. I feel a lot of water retention. I feel the weight. I feel the stickiness. The idea with our spiritual practices is to be in sync with the elements, to not go against them. So these dark, sticky, shadowy times are an opportunity for us to look at our dark, sticky stuckness. So the two days before the new moon is when we can journal, when we can go for long walks, when we can contemplate, when we can shake off all of the heavy stuff that has you feel stuck, the embarrassments, the mind loopings, the relationship snags, the hooks, the wounds, you know, the shadow stuff. To synchronize ourselves with that shadowy nature gives us this power that the synchronization is a form of empowerment that helps us move through that shadow space back into the light. We don't resist. We're receptive to what's happening all around us. And working with that dark of the moon energy also affirms the philosophy that we have to clear some space for the light to come in, that we can't really start off fresh and strong and with like a impactful beginning unless we've cleaned up our mess. So, you know, what I see happen a lot in the wellness space is most of the emphasis on the newness of the moon, fresh starts, new commitments, great beginnings, and all of that is wonderful, but 
Why don't you set yourself up for success by letting go of the stuff that's been holding you back? So pay attention to your emotions. Emotions come from the subconscious, the unconscious. That's the astral realm. Really, uh, it's that energy, that watery energy. What's the content in the waters of your psyche? A few days, about 48 hours before a new moon. You can just go online and get the actual dates and times of new moons and full moons. And whatever is happening in your energy field at that time is coming up to be released. The shadow rises so it can be let go of. Write it out. Shake it off. Take a salt bath. Say your prayers before you go to bed. And set yourself up to start truly fresh. Full moons are about what we need to let go of. Another opportunity for release. You know, I really believe that 80% of our spiritual practice is about cleansing and letting go in order to let more light in. The light of consciousness, the light of soul, the soul that is guided by the light of the infinite. We do the work to clean the space so those higher frequencies can come into us and we can embody them. We speak with more love, act with more love, text and eat and give with more love. Back to the moon. Full moon. What do you need to burn? Who do you need to forgive? What behavior in yourself do you need to bring into embrace with love? What's the chatter that's always keeping you back from speaking with kindness to yourself and to others? This is a great time of the month to let go of your fears. But we can't let go of anything until we acknowledge it. So the shadow brings up to our consciousness what needs to be seen. And once we see it and acknowledge it and give it the attention that it's asking for, That's the act of love. Giving the shadow the attention it's asking for is the act of love that helps it move on, helps it transform into a higher vibration. As I have been taught, the teachings that I resonate with in my own deep experience, the moon is not the energy of the divine feminine. The moon is the energy of the astral of the subconscious and the unconscious. The embodiment, the material expression, the expression of the divine feminine in this dimension is Mother Earth herself. We have the divine Mother Earth and we have divine Father Sky. The moon is merely with all due respect, a player in the constellation of energies that we experience as humans. If you want to adore and be aligned with the feminine, then you adore and respect and offer your gratitude to Mother Earth, Gaia, the planet, Panchamama. If you want to move into a deeper relationship with consciousness and directedness and the divine masculine, then we bring our attention to the cosmos, to the skies, to that quality of spaciousness. If we want to infuse our thoughts and our actions, our entire lives with vitality and that energy that's always generating, ever creative, then we tap into the energy of the sun, 
that solar energy, prana, life force itself, pouring down into all facets of our being. So back to the moon. We honor the moon for the shadow that it brings our attention to. We turn to the moon in gratitude, in friendship for the darkness within our own psyches that it invites us into. We bring the luminosity of our love. We bring the light of our consciousness. We bring the higher vibration of our intention into the stuff that we've kept buried. The moon is the gift that calls us to bring things into light. So I choose to do all of my spiritual practices, ceremony, prayer, meditation, ritual, in the light, the light of day, where I can see what's up, where I feel like I am getting that pranic life force from the sun and all of those luminous energies. Now, I no longer have crystals in my life. It's not a tool that I choose to work with. I think they're really powerful. And I want to just let the technology, the power of stones, stay within the earth. Because just as stones can be programmed to assist and create more alignment, they can also be programmed to create misalignment. So I just keep my life simple. So really, it's just a choice to keep my life and all of my spiritual technologies really simple. So no stones for me. But in the day, when I had a lot of stones, I learned that it was much more beneficial to cleanse my stones, my crystals, to charge them in the sunlight, not in the moonlight. The darkness is where dark energies play. So I wanted to give my stones the best chance they had for being cleansed and aligned with higher vibrations. So that's daytime stuff. Solar energy is the great cleanser. It's the great transmuter. I try not to do anything ritualistic or devotional, you could say, after sundown. There are certain people that I won't have a conversation with after the sun goes down. If there's something caustic or fractious in a relationship, if things are a bit tenuous, if I'm dealing with a questionable character or a tense situation, I make sure that I email, text, or phone, or meet them when the sun is out. I have an altar, of course, and my relationship with my altar, I mean, this is something we talk about in the heart-centered membership. So by the way, you know, my heart-centered membership is a place of refuge and community where we talk about these metaphysical things with more depth. When you become a member, you are given a guidebook on how to set up a heart-centered altar. So what time of day, what time of the month, how you integrate the various elements and the different directions, north, south, east, and west, into your altar. But I can tell you here that, and by the way, if you're interested in becoming a heart-centered membership, you go to daniellelaporte.com slash membership. It's a beautiful community. And we get together every other week to go deep about all things life and dedication. But one thing I can share with you here about altars is that we set up our heart-centered altar and we leave it for a long period of time. So you want to think of your altar as an acupuncture point on the planet. 
You don't want to keep adding things to it and kind of recoding it. Another metaphor that might be useful, it's like, you know, your altar is a garden of energies that you don't want to overwater or over prune. So the heart-centered practice is we create our altars on particular days. We play a mantra when we set it up. We really set our altars up for success, so to speak. And then we're not adding new pictures of friends and family and deities as we go. We're not adding new wishes onto it. We just set it and then we let it marinate and build its momentum. And then maybe once a month on a Sunday or a couple times a year, you decide, okay, there's a new intention. There's a new guide. There's a new project that I want to place on my altar in symbolic form. And then you do tend to your altar. You keep it clean and you give it some love on a regular basis. So what I do is every Sunday when the sun is up, I change the flowers that are on my altar. I change the water, might burn some incense, give it a little dust, say hello. I'm grateful for you. I acknowledge what you're bringing in for me. I acknowledge that you are this sacred space that I've created with some guidance and the intention to create some healing for myself and other people. So you can hear, you know, it's not just a vignette of hopes and wishes and desires. Really approach my altar as a a tool for healing. The energies of all of the planets, everything in the solar system, are within each of us. We are an expression of that solar system. So the darkness that the moon offers is within us. The illumination that the sun radiates is a part of us. That is our own wisdom. That higher consciousness of manifesting, of directedness, of creating, that energy of the Divine Father is within us. That deep eternal, abiding nourishment, always giving love, that divinity of the Mother Earth is within us. So that being the case, we don't need to deify or worship the moon or the sun. We just approach everything in the constellation of the solar system and our beings and our lives as friends offering unique experiences and characteristics. Shadow and light, expansion and nourishment. You know, it's like the philosopher Joseph Campbell said, all the heavens and all the hells exist within you. And from that awareness, from that inclusive consciousness, we use our free will to always return everything, everything back to the light. Thank you so much for listening, for feeling, for spreading the word with love.